to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heartsease Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. Father, we thank you tonight that you're so incredible. God, we thank you, God, that you're awesome. God, we thank you, God, that you are just wonderful. And God, we pray tonight that, God, you would just speak to our hearts, you would speak to our lives, that, God, you would just change us, God, in such an incredible way. And, God, we want to be changed because who wants to be the same? We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Amen. Say with me the rest of the story. Come on, say with me one more time. The rest of the story. The rest of the story. How important is the rest of the story? What an incredible subject we began on Sunday, and we're going to talk a little bit about it tonight, and then we're going to break, and we're going to be able to discuss it a little bit more. But it's amazing. Paul Harvey built his whole career on telling the rest of the story. His whole career was based upon the fact that he told a story. But he didn't just tell the story, he told the rest of the story. That which a lot of people don't realize, well, a lot of people don't listen to or know. And it's so important that we gather all the proper facts and the information before we readily throw out accusation and judgment upon someone. So important that we do that. So important we just hit the pause button a little bit, just sit back, relax, chill, contemplate some stuff, work through some stuff before we label people and condemn them. Come on, we write so many people off before they've even had a chance. And here's the sad thing, a lot of people don't even give God a chance today because of Christians. I was on the radio this morning. You know I was on the radio this morning? I was live on radio today for 30 minutes. Pastor P was live on radio this morning. And I was talking about this on the radio, challenging people, don't get bitter with God because you've been hurt by Christians. Give God another chance. Give God another chance. But how many times are people bitter and resentful towards God? Why? Because people like us don't know the rest of the story. And we pass judgment before we do. And we condemn people and put them down. So easily to do, isn't it? I mean, it's so easily to do. But can I tell you something else? It's also easy to change. It's easily changed in our lives. We've just got to make a conscious decision. Come on, we must apply our lives to change. Think about that saying for a moment. We must apply our lives to change. I wonder how many of us pray for God to change us. It's a great prayer to pray. But you know how... We need to put some feet on that prayer too. God, would you change me? And God's saying, well, what are you doing to be changed? Come on, we've got to put some feet on that. We've got to apply. God, help me to, to not judge people wrongly. But you know what? Thank God for praying that. But what am I doing to make steps in my life that will cause me not to do that? 
Come on, we need to apply ourselves to the Word of God. We need to put it to work. Stop waiting for prayer. Uh, and Don't get me wrong when I say this, but quit waiting for prayer to be the only thing that changes you. You're looking at me like crazy. There's other things that change you too. Read the Word of God. That changes you. Start tithing and giving to God. Because a lot of times when we just pray about it, we sit back and wait. And there are times when we should wait. And there are times when we should seek God. But I believe more than ever, we need to start applying our lives to that change. Not just to pray about it, but to put our prayer into action in our lives. So tonight, each one of us, I believe, could recall story after story, event after event, how we have either been wronged and accused falsely, or how we've passed judgment wrongly on someone else. And whatever side of the fence we find ourselves on, I know in my life when you've perhaps passed judgment on someone and you've pointed the finger and you've told everyone else about how bad they are and then you realize the rest of the story. Man, you feel so bad. You feel so bad. And you tell yourself something like this. If only I had realized that there was probably more. If only I'd have kept my mouth shut and did some research. But there's the other side of it too, isn't it? It doesn't feel good when people do that to you. And people wrongly accuse you. And and we're not going to go into that. But every one of us could tell story after story again. But the results are the same. It does not feel good. And it's amazing how new information or the rest of the story enables us to decode the situation. Remember the bus story? Let me give you the bus story just in case you forget. A man is on a bus with his three children. The kids are out of control. They're wild. They're running up and down the aisles, jumping on the seats. They're screaming and hollering. The people on the bus are getting irate. They're not liking what's going on. So one after the other, they're looking at each other. And finally, a spokesperson stands up and said to the man, Excuse me, sir, your children. Could you do something about your children? And he looks at the lady and says to her these words, Ma'am, I am sorry. You see, we just left the hospital and the children just lost their mother. And he looks back out of the window. Now, all of a sudden, because of the right information, because they are decoding the situation, all of a sudden, anger now has turned into compassion. Everyone on that bus is now loving those kids. Are those kids sitting on their seats being well behaved now? No, they're screaming and hollering and still jumping. But now, all of a sudden, people are looking beyond their behavior and realizing there's something beyond that. Now they have compassion. Instead of judgment and anger. As I said, the situation remains the same. But now understanding the why changes. I think everyone has a why. If we would just stop to check. Everyone has a why. And if we took time to realize the whys of people, and, and, and I've got to say this too, and it's not in my notes. This is a bonus for you. Some people love to play out their why. We're not talking about that. Some people love to milk their why. They love to be a crutch that for the rest of their life, everyone's going to have to feel sorry for me. And everyone ha- We're not talking about that kind of situation. But every one of us has reasons and things and circumstances that if people would just stop and pay interest and listen, there's a why with every one of us. And if we really truly knew everyone's why, we would react so different 
to people. We would begin to act in a godly way. We'd begin to act in a right way. Do I hear an amen? So I want to quickly read the passage, if we could. Susan, if you can get it up there, that would be great. I didn't give it to you. But Matthew 7, verses 1 through 5. I want to read the passage again that we read Sunday morning. I want to jump into it for about five minutes, and then we're going to break up. Are you ready? So it says this in Matthew 7, verse 1. It says, Judge that you not be judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured Back to you. Verse 3. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but you do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye, and look, a plank is in your own eye? Hypocrite. First remove the plank from your own eye. Then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. I want you all to notice something that as this is recorded in the Word of God, as Jesus has said this, this is therefore something of great importance that He is bringing attention to in our lives. We need to realize we can't skip over chapters and verses like this and just say, that's not for me. We need to realize that there's great attention that needs to be given here. So let's recap quickly of what we discussed and looked at on Sunday from this passage. First thing is, we've got to watch how we judge. The Bible doesn't say don't judge. The Bible says be careful how you judge. And perhaps better said, if you can't judge right, then don't judge at all. But what it means when it says don't, or that we should still judge, we've got to remember this. We can't turn a blind eye to wrongdoings or towards evil or error. Okay? But what we've got to do is we've got to be careful how we handle such things. We're so readily the jury judge and the executioner. We've got to watch how we handle these things. Why? Because God says the same scale that you weigh someone on is the same scale that your life is going to be weighed on. The same measure you use against someone else is the same measure that God's going to use against you. As children of God, I believe we must stand up for the truth. I believe that. But we also need to be very careful that we do not excuse in ourselves what we accuse in other people. Yes, stand up for the truth. But let's not compromise to the fact of it has to be different from them to what we're living. Which brings us to the second point, and that is this. We looked at, we need to judge others in the same way we want them to judge us. We want to treat others in the same way we want to be treated. It's been told it's the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. New Living Translation says of verse 2, it says these words, For others will treat you as you treat them. I love that part. Listen to it again. Others will treat you as you treat them. Let's talk about respect. Someone wants respect. Do you know how you get respect? You give respect. If you give respect, you get respect. And it's the same thing. People will treat you the way that you treat them. You may say, Pastor P, I'm not being treated very well. You know, I'm not being treated well. I'm disrespected. Things are happening. Well, perhaps you've been treated wrong because you're sowing the wrong seeds. Come on. A seed is only going to produce after its own kind. The Bible says what you sow, that you're going to reap. Come on, that's the Word of God. What you sow, that you're going to reap. And can I tell you about sowing good seeds? Sometimes it takes 
a while for a harvest. A lot of time we live in an instant world and we want everything right now. So we think if I'm just going to be nice to that person, they have to automatically be nice right back to me. I was maybe miserable to them for 10 years, but now I'm just nice to them. They have to automatically, it's maybe going to take some time. But you know what? You plant some seeds in your garden. They're going to take some time to grow. But you know what? There's going to be a whole lot of weeds that are going to grow really quick. But you've got to watch for those weeds because you know what they want to do? They want to choke out the good seed. The Bible says don't grow weary in doing good. Because in due season, Galatians 6, 9, in due season, you're going to reap if you don't lose heart. The only way you're not going to reap is if you lose heart and you give up. So we've got to start sowing seeds. If you want to be treated right, treat other people right. If you want to have respect, start respecting other people. If you want to have dignity and honor in your life and you want people to treat you in that way, start giving it. If you want people to treat you with integrity, start treating them with integrity. Because the Bible says the way you treat other people is the way that they're going to treat you back. We said this on Sunday, we have many opportunities, but it never gives us the right. Let me explain that. Misty can be really mean to me and say some awful things to me. There's an opportunity there for me to respond and say mean things back. Notice the opportunity, but I don't have the right to do that. It's not my right to do that. It's my opportunity to choose to do that. Just because she slaps me does not give me the right to slap her back. In fact, if I did slap her back, Will would probably step in and wouldn't be very nice. I would have to lay him down on the floor. But you know what I'm saying is, it does not give us the right. A lot of people look and say, well, they treat me wrong. As children of God, I'm telling you right now, it doesn't give us the right. Jesus said this, and I'm trying to remember where he said it in the scriptures, but he made reference to this. He said, it's easy to serve a master who's loving and kind and gracious. I think it's in James. But when someone wants to slap you around and mistreat you and stuff, and you've still got to be gracious and loving to them, and it goes on to say that he gave his life as an example, he died for us while the world chastised and ridiculed him. So easy, isn't it, to say, well, hey, they deserve it. You know what? Don't reward people for what they deserve. Give people what they need. And you know what they need? They need the love of God. They need the warmth of God. They need the example of God in our lives. So we have opportunities, but that doesn't give us the right. We must stand up tall and true when everyone's trying to knock us down and take us down. We need to stand up and say, hold on, no, no, no. Let's move on quickly. I'm talking too long. We've got to judge others with the same grace that you want God to judge you. Number three, take a look in the mirror. Have you looked in the mirror lately? Have you looked in the mirror really at yourself and been honest with yourself? And say, God, there's some things that you need to work on in me. We're quick at pointing fingers and fault with everyone else. It's easy to change someone else's problems. Why? Because we don't live with their problems. It's hard, isn't it, sometimes to change? Have you noticed how hard it is to pray for yourself to be healed? It's a lot easier to pray for someone else, isn't it? Because you know what's going on in your life. And you know the circumstances and the problems. But you have to deal with you. You have to live with you. Listen, others may have a speck in their eye, but you've got a plank. You've got a beam in yours. And a lot of the time, the speck that someone else has in their eye is just a reflection of your beam. It's maybe not really a big problem. It's just a reflection of your problems. 
It doesn't take rocket science to figure out who needs to move first when God says they have a speck in their eye and you've got a beam in yours. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out who's got the biggest problem. In the story of David and Nathan, David was quick to pass judgment and become angered. David said these words, tell me who that is. When the prophet Nathan came and told and told him a story, David said these words, if he is in my kingdom, he will pay. Nathan looked at David and he says, not only is he in your kingdom, he is the king of the kingdom. You are the man. David was angered. Come on, show me who it is and, and I'm going to take care of him and, and we're going to kill him and he's going to have to repay. And, he's going to, and the finger was pointed back at him. I wonder how David felt at that moment in time. I wonder how he felt. Can you imagine his response to that? I know David's response to that. You know what his response was? He fell to his knees and he cried out to God and he repented. David didn't get it right, but one thing he did get right was this. The Bible says he had a heart after God. What did that mean? When he screwed up, he fell on his knees and he cried out and he repented to God. That's why David is one of my favorite people in the Bible. Because through the lessons of his life and a lot of mistakes and failures, he always fell into the arms of God and cried out for the repentance and the forgiveness of God. Here's the truth. If circumstances were different in our lives, we're all capable of doing the same things. To he who thinks he stands, take heed, the Bible says, lest he fall. If the circumstances of your life were different, you would have probably maybe chose the pathway of drugs and alcohol and done all these things. But thank God, because of the circumstances, you see, we're all capable. The Bible says sin is common to man. Every one of us deal with the circumstances and situations. Listen to this. Jail is full of people who just got caught. Huh? We've all done crimes, but jail is just full of the ones who got caught. Let me use this illustration quickly. If this is me and this is Victoria, say, can I use you as an illustration, Victoria? If this is me here, actually, this is Victoria, this is me, because I'm going to move this hand and I want to move this one. Okay? So if this is me and this is Victoria, what happens when I start putting Victoria down? The appearance is that I am elevated. Because as I put her down, it makes me look like I'm better. But notice what really happens is, as I put her down and degrade her, have I even moved? I haven't moved. I'm the same place that I have been. And it's amazing that we think it makes us look better because we're putting other people down. It doesn't. Because you know what? We're, we're no better either. We can look at them and say, well, look at them. But we're no better either. You've got to see that. You're no better either. In fact, you're worse if you're condemning someone. But you've got to watch that we're not trying to use other people as a stepping stone for promotion. You know, that's the problem with the church today. I love the church and I love God. But you know what? Church is great. It's just the people. <laughs> And I'm one of them. It's amazing, isn't it, how we use each other to stamp on one person so we can promote ourselves and make ourselves higher than them. Come on, don't allow another's downfall to be the platform for your promotion. Come on, have you checked the mirror lately? And lastly, first remove your plank. Come on, we've got to go through spiritual surgery. It's only then we can be in a position to see and to be able to remove that plank from another. Planks will keep us from those that were called to help. If you're not going to write anything else down and take notes tonight, you need to listen to that. The plank in your eye will keep you from the person that God wants you to help. 
Instead of being the doctor, you're going to be the enemy to someone. Because if you've got a plank in your eye and you're trying to take a speck out of theirs, you're going to knock them out and everyone else in your pathway. You can't do it. It's impossible. But thank God that God can spiritually remove that thing and give us a compassion and a love. So I want to challenge you, and we're going to discuss it for a few minutes tonight. I want to just challenge you. Come on, we need to know the rest of the story. We need to know what God is doing in our lives. Amen? We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.